0: Welcome to Campfire Football, I'm Sebastian Noor, this is episode 111, a chat with America Quintana. So I met America over Instagram uh, in a comment section. We both sort of had the same opinion about a little argy-bargy between the U.S. Women's National Team player and a Colombian player, they kind of bumped each other, it got a little dramatic, and we commented and I noticed that we both had similar outlooks, and I thought, you know, it'd be, the women's heroes are coming around. It's going to be interesting to talk to someone who clearly watches and pays attention to the game and is a fan. And honestly, it turned out even better than I would have expected. She is a really cool person, great opinions on the game, speaks beautifully about it. So please, enjoy.
1: I've been a bar, uh, Barca fan since I was like seven. So, I mean, I've been watching and playing football my whole life. Um... I played collegiate soccer in Orange County for Santiago Canyon, then transferred to Dominguez Hills, played there for the remaining two years. And right now, it's just been playing UPSL, stuff like that. Things to continue my game. Though I I did stop for quite quite a bit, just because the women's league is obviously not where it should be, I feel, in terms of, like you said, like the ecosystem and everything just – being more organized and structured. Um, what was the question that you
0: had? <laughs> kind of anything about yourself. I, I, I actually, I do think it's really interesting that you mentioned that the the structure of the leagues. So, what what does the league you said you play in right now?
1: Um, right now, it's a uh, NISA SWPL. So they merged those two those two leagues uh, just recently this year. So it used to be just obviously two individuals and then they merged it together to, to be more uh, professional and more professional based organization wise. But
0: yeah. Do you, do you think that's a good move to, for, for them to merge and to.
1: I think it is because then it establishes that there is, or like, I guess you could say it's kind of like a non-monopoly kind of thing, but it, it's good because then it's like all teams would be under one, like one league then you'll be able to differentiate like, for example, third division, second division, uh, first division, and, and so on and so forth. I think it'd be easier to do that because I feel like this is there's so many, it's like, oh, we won first place and we're you know the champions of this league. And then like, but we're all in the same state. We're all in the same country. So I feel like if it were to be a little bit more like how it is in, in Europe, where you win a league and you climb, right? Here you win a league and you stay and that's it. Yeah. So I that, it is smart to have one league. I understand the whole like North and South, but they're so distant. But um, one league would be preferable.
0: Yeah, and I, I I've actually talked to some people about this with um, just even USL because there's USL Championship and then League One. Yeah. If there's more, if there's fluidity between those you could easily just end up connecting that to the MLS and then you'd have a three-tiered system and you wouldn't have a bunch of teams that are just like mediocre. And then you would actually have teams that win yeah. and at the lower levels that build something that actually, you know, create something. They, they, they improve and, you know, some, some fan bases in the lower leagues are better than some of the MLS fan bases, you know, and same. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that, that's true.
0: Yeah. And I, and i you know, there's, for instance, um, Portland Thorns, Seattle Rain, they get they get better attendances than the Rapids men's team do. You know, yeah, like and consistently, just, weekly, every single week.
1: That's, I mean, that's good. That that <laughs> just that just, just goes to prove that you know, like it could work with the right structure, with the right organization.
0: I totally agree. Yeah, and I, this is kind of the the funny thing is, I've been, I've been paying attention to women's football for such a long time my sister played and seeing just watching the euros right over the course of these last few weeks it's been mind-blowing to see I I think just how much people have embraced it yeah Um,
1: especially in England that's like yeah yeah, they have a the the fan base there is legit
0: (laughs) Well, and, and they're really only, they're only now coming around to the women's team. 2019 was the first time where the English really were like, oh, we have a women's team and, and, they're, and they're good and we <laughs> should get behind them. It was like prior to that, it was like non-existent. The the idea was yeah. non-existent in England. So, and then you've got countries where it was going for a while. Germany, France, uh, the Scandinavian yeah. countries, they had things going for a long, long time already. But I don't know from your perspective yeah. also as an american yeah, do you see perfect. that as like a huge change
1: oh yeah yeah you see how much like because before like even here like um uh, i don't know what stream i think it's like uh football uh tv they mm-hmm. they didn't stream it before they never streamed anything and it's like this year they actually passed the euros so it's like it's you can see how big it's getting that people are actually there. You have different streamlines actually broadcasting, it. and it's and it's great to see because honestly, like that's how you're going to get the sport out there by actually putting it on for someone to see. And like you said, maybe like, oh, we have a women's team. They're pretty good. Yeah, let's get behind that. So, I mean, I, I think it's great.
0: And it's you mentioned Fubo. Uh, the Women's African Nations Cup has been on over the last few weeks on um, Fubo. The Copa America Femini, that one's yeah. on as well. I mean, I watch super, women's Super League games on there. It's, every time the U.S. national team has a game that's not, like, locked up with Paramount Plus, I can watch it there, too. So it's like, yeah. And then uh, Liga MX, the women's league. I think oh, yeah? that, that is aired every single week. There's... Uh,
1: I think that's a good thing. Uh, like, in the, like the Mexican league, that it's so young. But yet it can, it's been able to do that uh, compared to like in Spain. Like for me, like to watch a a Barca game, I have to go on YouTube to find a, a link that actually is either doing it live or like some people that just are like recording it. So it's like a bit harder. And it's impressive to have, to see Mexico be able to do that with such a young league.
0: Yeah, I've been really impressed with the way the Mexican League has developed. I was shocked at how they didn't manage to do better in the qualifying. I mean, I was blown away, actually. I, yeah,
1: that's what I, that's what everyone was saying. And I mean, it, it and it was that they were criticizing it because they were like, you Mexican national team collectively and women did better when they didn't have a league than now that they do. And it's like, but I feel it's, it's gotten the popularity, but I feel like the f- focus on football has kind of been lost a little bit. And that's what they need to start reinforcing again, like in their in their academies, in their bases and everything, and how they're how they're bringing players and how they're actually establishing their teams. I feel like that's that, that's gotten a little lost. Cause before there were girls from here that would get picked to go. So I remember it'd be like, I think one of my friends ended up going, she only did she only did it for a little bit, but it would always be random, random selected people, and sometimes it'd be weird if you saw the whole collective team, the same team again. So I feel like they just need to find a good, solid base and just work from there. Because yeah, this that that CONCACAF, it's not good. Zero points. It's like,
0: yeah. I mean, I know they put, they put up a real fight against the U.S. in the last game, but it was the the game against Haiti was like that was brutal whoa whoa you know just you didn't expect (laughs) it at all you didn't expect it at all (laughs) it's it's crazy so but actually I'd like to know more about that we the you said that in a way that it seems or at least the perception that people have is that the league sort of had some kind of negative influence on the national team's
1: ability to win or what Like, if you have a league, you should be able to have a stronger base and a stronger formation to move forward from and build from. But, like, uh, I was watching, like, uh, sports commentators, and they were like, how is it possible that, you know, you did better when you had no league? And now that you had a league, you literally came back with zero points. Being that, you know, like, you have a decent league, you have funding, a a little more funding than other countries, you know, to be able to to train in the facilities that you train, to be able to, like I said, get the sport out there and streamline it, I think Mexico just needs to, even for the guys, and a lot of people are noticing, it's like you need, Mexico needs to just focus back on its football instead of like all the other details around it, but yeah, both on men and women's, they really need to just like focus on what, on what they're really structuring, what they're building around, the player that they're building around, that's what I think.
0: That's really interesting because I have heard that from some of my, some of my colleagues, uh, some of my Mexican coach friends who are like, they're like, man, it's it's the disorganization is what is causing us yeah. to not be able to produce the players in the league we want. Jenny Hermoso is going to be going to Monterrey, oh, right?
1: I was sad when she left and I was like, but the way that she left too, it was like something that was, not expected, you know, someone who won the Pichichi for them, someone who won the champions that, you know, did a bunch of stuff with the team and then just see everybody we were like, all right, bye. Everyone was expecting more, you know, from, from that departure. But I mean, and then obviously being out from the Euros, it was like one after another. other. But I mean, she, I feel like she's going to do, she's going to, she's going to wreck it over there.
0: Well, she's going to raise the bar too, right? Just of, oh, yeah. of everything.
1: Definitely. Because it, it honestly like it, she could because she's the first like, you know, just like such a top player that's coming from Spain. I think it's going to it's going to like, you know, peep some eyes and be like, oh, you know, the Mexican League is it's going to start growing. It's going to start, you know, creating all this like momentum. And I feel like that's why everyone is also very excited because it's like it opens doors to, you know, raising like you said, like raising the standards of her team and like the other teams around it. It's like, okay, well, we need to like, you know, get behind that and start bringing in players, start producing players that are going to be able to compete at that level. And I feel like that's really great, even though I was really sad that she met Barça.
0: <laughs> well, I I did read from some people who were saying this is kind of like Liga feminine, it's like, David Beckham MLS moment kind of in terms of the the size Mm -hmm. of the star you're bringing and what it's going to do because before Alex, before Puteas came in and over the last two years and really.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Jenny Hermoso was all anyone was really talking about. And then Puteas came and really sort of stepped it up her own way. But I mean, Hermoso is, she's one of the biggest names in the game, especially from a Latino point of view, like from any country that, that, that really okay. likes Spain and likes Barcelona as well. It's, it's,
1: she's huge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's why I mean, when I think one of my friends, she's just um, one of my old, she, she went to our old school, but um, she she just went to Xolos. And I told her, I was like, you're going to play against her. Make sure you ask for that jersey. Because that's like a once in a lifetime thing where you get to play with someone that's like, like that that type of player that, you know, was like in line to get a, of a That's like not something you see every day where you get to play against or share a field with. It's it's very important. I feel like for both uh, the Mexican team, I mean, Mexican league and just everything football wise here in the Americas. Cause obviously it's not, it's not as well funded. It's not as well funded and it's not as big as it is in Europe.
0: Well, for sure. And I think most people, if given you know, an A, B, C, D on where will, what will happen with Jenny Hermoso next season? Stay in Barcelona, go to Manchester City, go to the NWSL or go to Liga Imequis. And I think that very few people would have picked D. And the fact that she's done it, I think is awesome because it's it's a total breaking of what anyone would have expected. It's, yeah, changes changes the landscape. Also for what other players go, oh, well, hey, what, what if I went to go play in Mexico?
1: Yeah. You know? the bar
0: i think it's awesome and so okay so you're a barcelona fan growing up obviously the men's side were the only ones that were really visible right who who were who were the players that were most inspiring to you
1: for me as a defender obviously um i would have to say for leadership and just how he is as a player and controls everything on his back line and Jordi
0: Alba. Yeah, Jordi Alba. Yeah, that's. I mean, they're they're both great picks. And then, so then, wh- when was it that you got an understanding that the women's team was like happening? Because I, I know they have been they'd been sort of doing amateur stuff, and then all of a sudden it was like it kicked into gear. Yeah,
1: I feel honestly, um, I would always see like uh, just stuff that they would put on YouTube, like really early prior, but it would be really hard to actually get like a full. Dream. it was like highlights or like clips So i remember i do remember seeing one it was a uh, marionette and it was I, I was able to see her highlights and i was just like this girl top player and stuff like that you wouldn't be able to see it as much like you know i mean you still really can't see it on tv here um but on on youtube it'd, it'd be difficult to find you know like a, a game that you were let's say Barca, Atletico Madrid. It was hard to find, but I honestly, the first time I saw it, it was just snippets, highlights, and stuff like that. Um, it was a couple of years back. Um, but I feel like it was the 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 Champions League that they made this year, that it was like it picked up a lot of like commotion, that it opened up like some doors to be like, oh look, like, uh, Barca's playing, but not in you know not in the Champions. They're playing in their in their league and it made it more, more known, I guess.
0: Well, it also helped the women's side that they were in the champions league and the men were not in the champions league in the second half <laughs> yeah, of the season.
1: Yeah, Cause it, and it was, I mean, it was hilarious. Cause they were, they were saying, they were like, well, why can't we just, you know, have Alexia Puteas in the midfield instead of, you know, who we have now. But it was, it was just, uh, it was funny for one, but it was also like it, it was like a blessing in disguise in the sense because it was able to, you know, bring some light over to to the other side. And I feel like I was that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I remember watching, I watched both legs of the Real Madrid uh ties, the Champions League games that they played against Real Madrid. Yeah. They were crazy games. Awesome oh, yeah. games to watch. So much fun.
1: They and they broke the record for attendance.
0: Yep. Twice in a row. Twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they seven. did it at both stadiums, home and away, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
1: was that was a great game.
0: So I assume this means that you were probably a little disappointed with yesterday's result.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, the game itself and the way that Spain plays, the talent is unquestionable. I feel um, the way that Vilda was structured, their, their front line could have been a little better. I feel like Esther is a nine, and she is there. But come, like, and if you put it into like statistics and stuff like that, um, there were a lot of times where he should have made subs to, you know, to get better attacks. And it was seen when he when they put um, Atenea del Castillo when they put her on the right. It just it just opened up, and the play started flowing. And you started getting more attacks. And it's like, you have players of that same caliber just sitting on the bench. And it's like, stubbornness, I want to say, maybe. You know, that's like, I want this career to work, and you know she might work, and maybe she might. But, you know, maybe she might not. And compared to the England's coach, as soon as that goal came in, she just started moving pieces. And you saw it, the dynamic of the England team changed. When she started making themselves subs.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely an, a part of it tactically, to me, it felt like Spain got it right from the beginning. Yeah. And then the changes, it seemed as if Serena Vigman's changes were just more impactful. Then again, I have to say, England's goal, the equalizer, came out of not much. You know, it's a cross, it's a header, it's kind of blocked, it's a tap-in, it's sort of an ugly goal that you can earn. At any point in a game, you can earn those. And for defenders, it's annoying because you go through – loads of periods of the game where you do everything right. And it's just this one, this one thing happens. Yeah, wins and, the header. Was... and then the momentum, then you've got the crowd. That's hard to fight against, right?
1: <laughs> oh Yeah.
0: And uh, I don't like when I,
1: when I saw it, obviously I was just all like, is that a foul? Is that not a foul? You know, if it's on the ground and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. But I feel like everything could have been, it was like Mariona Caldente said at the end of the uh, post game interview. It's it's a game that's just about details. It's something like you know they, they could have done everything right, but it was just like those small details that just didn't they didn't go together, and we ended up losing the game. And i I'm, I was happy and and proud to see how the team flowed though, and how they how they were able to play against an England that you know, was, is a favorite and is still a favorite. And I feel like the way that they structured their backline was very different. Usually, Leila Wahabi plays on the left. Mm. They put Olga Carmona, which she's a forward.
0: And she did really, really well. I feel
1: like he did it. Because everyone was like, she's playing. I was assuming he wanted her for, you know, as an outlet for speed. And, you know, it, it couldn't work. But I feel like she completely shut down, shut down me. They had a swapper, then they took her out. And it's just like, as a defender, it's just like, okay, like I'm doing something right. If you had to switch places and then they took you out. So I feel like the momentum was there. But once that goal happened, it's just like everything. It just changed. And then with those, with those subs that she made, they were really good subs, I feel. I was thinking, I was like, why didn't you start them before? <laughs> if that was what you were going yeah. for. But, I mean, it, it, was, it was it was a well-played game. Very enjoyable to watch. Not the result yeah. that wanted, but it is what it is.
0: Well, so I want to get your opinion on this because
1: yeah.
0: it's something that's been driving me crazy that people have been saying. And I and I feel like it's a lazy, lazy thing for people to say. So throughout the tournament, everyone has said Spain will keep the ball. They I don't know how many times I've heard Julie Foudy say that they ticky taka They use yeah. ticky taka I'm like, it drives me crazy because. Yes, yes, they are a team that is very comfortable with the ball in tight spaces, and they are willing to pass to people who have pressure. I mean, Aitama Bonmati is like one; she's so far my favorite player to have watched in this tournament oh, yeah. um, because she demands the ball with two people on her. She's like, yeah, I know, I know, I'm marked. Just give it to me anyway. To have yeah. that kind of bravery to me is outstanding, but. They are the only team that I have seen this tournament that is willing to repeatedly play the ball to someone who is under pressure and trust their technical ability to not lose it, right? They And so they play passes that are not low percentage passes, they're just in difficult situations, and because they have the quality of player to get out of it, they're able to do certain things that other teams can't. They also scored, I think, four out of the six goals in the as a header. Uh, from mm-hmm. headers, from crosses. <laughs> so I don't I, – I, what do you think? Do you think people have misread what Spain's playing style is?
1: I feel like uh, playing, uh, Spain's playing style is very – like they said, it's very similar. It's, they want the men's and the women's to play exactly the same, technical-wise and style-wise. And as we've seen it, it's – very much the same as a similar style that Barca has. And like you said, when they pass the ball to someone that's, you know that they're marked, it's usually to, what Barca does is a lot to pass it. And it obviously, you have those two, two people on you, they're gonna try to get the ball. If you watch Aitana, she, what she does a lot, she'll get it, she'll pass back and then she'll round up again to either get a different, um, a different angle for the most part, uh, she would get it, switch it. So it was very like to drag people in so then you can open that space to go toward the back. And I feel like those goals that they scored, I think even they didn't even really think that they were going to be able to score those because, I mean, they are the, in height wise, they're not the tallest team. So I feel like they were just situations that were created and it was just like, as a professional soccer player, it's, it's there and you just can't miss those opportunities. I honestly never expected them to score four or five headers in the tournament at all. But the ability that they showed to do it just makes, proves the point that, you know, yeah, they can play on the ground too, but if you give them the chance to to have that in the area, they might actually be able to score on you.
0: Well, I also say it because pretty much every single one of Mapelion's free kicks, she was she was hitting long range balls. So he
1: was trying to find it. internet, but this happened yeah. more than half of the
0: time. And, and they had no issues going over the top. If it was on, they did it. And that was yeah. the reason why against, I think Germany played such a high line against them, basically saying, go over us. And, and Spain yeah. did a bunch of times. And that's when I was watching. I was like, I think a lot of people have this idea that they're playing 08 branded, branded Guardiola Barcelona football. And it's, and it's, there's a very different evolution to it. And yeah. it's, it's, it's actually far more dynamic in the way I see it. Like there's more, it, it, it's a little less predictable than just a, every pass is going to be a six yard ball on the ground and they're just going to walk up and.
1: Yeah. They have but That's what they do though. They'll, they'll play in those small areas, you know, fight people in and then play that ball. Or like you said, they just keep kept playing it over. And to be honest, I mean they're skillful wise, they are a really skillful team. And in speed, they had speed up top as well. If you were maybe not from their from her name, um, Irene, Irene Garcia. She probably wasn't the fastest. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, forward, but uh you have S They're running on the side, you have Atenea, even Claudia Pina, you know, she's they're players of caliber who can actually keep going again and again and again and again. But, you know, what I did realize is obviously they didn't have any muscle and it was like those balls that were always just right around that area that she would always just be hanging around there. And it was, if you, if someone were just to be there in those areas, you know, maybe they would have been able to capitalize on much more because I felt like they, they needed that last push, they kept creating options and options and options but the goal never went in because it was it honestly looked sometimes like there was no one on top
0: yeah i agree did you see germany uh, beat austria
1: no i saw highlights of it and to be honest i didn't expect much from austria they have a pretty good they have a pretty good goalkeeper but you know germany's germany and i was like germany is just going to go full force no mercy
0: <laughs> and you know what's crazy they just they didn't start with as much energy as Austria and Austria <laughs> just kind of made it a totally even game for yeah good, good good portion of it and then they Germany were actually able to score guess what from two mistake they, they created two turnovers yeah. and uh, scored from both of them and Germany I think now have to be the team who has effectively pressed squeezed their opponents taking the ball and yeah. and punished them for it better than anyone yet so yep. but I was really impressed with Austria I think their coach as has got to be the one that's impressed me the most because she's not working with the type of talent that the, the big teams have yeah exactly but but my goodness were they organized in every single game and and there was just a the way they fought um I was they've had a pretty decent team though I feel
1: for a bit, like it's not been like the favorite or the most popular, but I think it was them that kicked out Spain and woke up two years back.
0: Wasn't I it? Uh, it was. I think they, they kicked think, out Spain in the last Euros, wasn't it, or something like that.
1: I I just know like they didn't ex- they didn't ex- see it coming. They were like, I think even Leon said it. There, she was all uh, like, we didn't expect you know Austria to come and just take us off the table. <laughs> like they didn't expect that, and I don't think no one did. Like from this Euro, but I feel like there was a lot of teams in this Euro that just really showed up that you didn't expect much from, and it was just like, wow, all right. Yeah.
0: My favorite was Portugal. And
1: it's, 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 Portugal has some players that can play,
0: definitely. They, they were awesome. Every yeah. single one of them, I was like, this is a team, every single one of these players is able to take you on 1v1. The center back, the six, the outside yeah. back, they're like, okay, we can go around you, and then we can create – numerical advantages i mean it was uh, everyone on that team had the bravery right and the self-confidence to dribble at any it it was they were impressive they were really good
1: yeah yeah they were by far my favorite in terms of like teams that were new and you didn't expect much from they were they put up a fight
0: were there any other players or teams that kind of caught you caught your attention that you maybe didn't know of or think of much before
1: um i was surprised of how um how denmark played like energy wise and how they just came out i feel like if they actually would have i feel like they were holding back when they played against Spain. they were holding back a bit i feel like if they would have gone full force forward i feel like they could have caused spain a little bit more trouble than you know than they did in the last i think it was like what the last 10 minutes where it was just like they were just going and going and going. I feel like if they would have done that earlier in the game, maybe the outcome would have been a little harder for Spain, or maybe it would have been a tie, I feel, because they only won by like one.
0: Yeah, it was one nothing. yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the other uh, quarterfinalists here that, that has surprised me is Belgium, because I think half of the team is uh, semi-professional. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other half of the team plays in, you know, Germany or some play, I think, in Austria and Sweden, different places like that. But for a semi-professional team, they actually look really good when they play. Like they can move the ball around They're, Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're proper players. I think that that's an interesting thing that you're like, oh, wait, so these aren't like half the team is not really like full fledged paid professionals and they're still this good it's like oh okay so the levels are really really getting better I don't know if I give them any chance against Sweden I don't I'm not sure but
1: did your your quarter final like predictions but final wise would you would you beg to be on it
0: well okay so there's two sides to this one my father's from England my mother's from France so I have a little bit of uh, – I have something at stake here personally in a way, right? Um, I would really like to see England win it because as a home nation, I, I also think that uh, the men's side in England is such a toxic thing that it would really help for them to be like, oh, if you just get behind the team, maybe they'll do well, right? Yeah. So, so I think, <laughs> you know, and, and they're doing that. With the women's team, everyone's behind them. Everyone's excited, right? Um, France, I'd like to see the women do something because everyone talks about oh they choke at the quarterfinals, they choke artists. So I'd like to see them accomplish something. However, and, and I will say Germany's uh, win today was not as convincing as I thought it was going to be. I they looked they looked for the first time beatable against Austria in ways like there I was, I was like okay look France have the weapons to beat. Germany, if they play like this, but yeah. Germany don't play badly twice in a row either. So, yeah, I, I think I think the Germany. I think if France can beat the Netherlands, which to me is the most interesting quarterfinal, I, I, I think if France play like they actually
1: could beat the Netherlands. It,
0: have you seen France just? They, they go a thousand miles an hour and then they just pull on the e brake. And they yeah. get out of the car and they go and take photos of the nearby roadside attraction. Forget the game is going on, you know.
1: That is true. I feel, uh yeah. I mean, but like you said, like if they pay, if they play at the potential that with the players that they have, they could. But I mean, we don't know how that's going to happen. So it's. I feel like it's very head to head. Like that one could be either or.
0: Yeah, and then. Look, I, I think Germany, I, I've been saying Germany-England final is probably most likely. I would love to see a Germany or a France-England final. That would be what I would like to see the most. Um, But I I also think it's kind of interesting how like the Euros just goes by so quickly. There's some players that you're so excited to see and it's over in like no time, you know. And Spain, I, I was saying it to myself during the game, I was like, you know, if Spain win this game, Bonmati for me is in my team of the tournament, done, finished. But like now she misses out on two more, like two or three more extra games, right? Yeah. To to like, and so who are the ones that are going to step up? I think that's an interesting question. Do, do, do you think there's anyone uh, that you're excited to sort of see maybe someone to step up in a way that maybe not as many people have talked about or they, they haven't done it yet, but they might? I
1: don't know. I mean, I feel like the, the players that I think should step up are the players, obviously, that are more known, that have more experience in the sense of tournaments and stuff like that. For example, Norfolk um, for Sweden, Aslan, you know, those that they already have experience, they've been in those scenarios where it's like they need to step up and actually take their team forward. Uh, same with, um, the Netherlands has, I feel, um, like, um, but I feel like from France, they need someone to actually do that. Well, Lika, up.
0: Lika's out. She, she, she just, I think this <laughs> week or whatever, she got injured. She's out of the tournament. I think
1: oh.
0: Van de Donk still in, she's still around. I don't know if Miedema is going to be cleared to play.
1: I feel like she's a very important piece. presence Spice.
0: Yeah. Yeah totally agree yeah and with so since we only got a couple minutes i was just gonna say with all this this is watching the euros you, you you're someone you've you grew up playing in the u.s you've seen a lot of levels of players in the u.s and yeah do you you know watching what you're seeing here where like we said there's teams like belgium who are competing at the level that they're competing at what do you think the U.S. is, the U.S. women's team's chances of winning the World Cup are next year?
1: Mm, I don't think they're that high, to be honest. Not this year. I feel like they are a young team, and for that same reason that they are a young team, they might lack in some areas. Um, I mean, the the teams here yeah, that they played with the exception of um, maybe like Canada, which was the final. We saw it was it was off a of penalty that they won, but it was a pretty they kept going and going and going. They had all the chances created, but it's just like you need someone to step up in those in those games where it's just like I'm here and this is what I'm supposed to do, like score those goals that are supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be goals. Those goals can't be missed. And I feel like other than Alex Morgan, I mean, she's already more – she's a veteran. I feel like someone young needs to step up in, in every position and just really bring that forward. Because for this World Cup, seeing the Euros, it's like, yeah, they're not going to have it that easy as they they had the years prior.
0: Yeah. I'm. And
1: uh, like you said, the, the leagues here, it's like, there's not, one, there's not a lot of funding behind them. You know, the, Mexico just had their league. I don't even think some countries have like decent leagues where it's like, you know, they have a first division, second division, third division, they just probably have one division. Um, but that's why I feel like they're going to show a bit more than, than the past years because it's a lot harder. There's a lot more talent. There's a lot more development in general for all those countries. Well,
0: it's going to be really interesting. I'm I'm super excited. Well, and look, we have to do this again sometime. It's, it's, I, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you and it's cool. Cause we just like sort of exchanged a couple of comments on Instagram. I was like, you're someone who, For some reason, I don't know why, but you and I might be able to just lob some opinions and thoughts together and and it'll work.